Well, ladies and gentlemen, football is not the only thing that has returned this week because I am back. It's been quite a while. I've been off the loft pod for what seems like an age now, but I am back. Me being, of course, Daniel Murphy. And I am joined by two lovely chaps this evening. First of all, Rob, how are you doing? Are you taking up the recording mantle once again? Because mine, as we've just discovered, has just inexplicably been a dick to me and not working. So thanks for that. And thanks for doing stepping in last week with Mr. Mark Ailes. It was, I've very appreciated that since I was not in the country. No worries. No, no problem. Um, it was good to have Mark on last week. I thought it was an interesting podcast, or interesting two podcasts even. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was, a good, it was a good chat with Mark. Yeah, it was really interesting. So much stuff about the, the Nagog stuff. Like, if we, man, yeah. we had about over 7 million, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and my other, my other co-host this evening is Tom. And how are you, how are you doing, Tom, after, after a pretty good return to football yesterday? Yeah, it's back, isn't it? We uh, woke up on Saturday morning, regained the ashes, and, mm. then, uh, and then football was back. So what a lovely weekend. Yeah, and I, I suppose it makes it better that Bolton weren't shit. Didn't they want to... <laughs> It didn't really want the season to end just moments after it begun because, somewhat pessimistically, after listening to your podcast last week, Rob, and I realised you, amongst others, were a bit more optimistic for the season, but me, I was not expecting <laughs> us to get absolutely bloody battered yesterday. But we didn't, and we really should have won. So, Rob, how did, you, how did you see the game? Obviously, you came up from London for the first game of the season, which is quite admirable. I did, yeah. Um, I think before the match, I thought we were going to get hammered, as you probably did. Um mm-hmm. I mean, we had no defenders. Tim Ream wasn't playing. Uh, we got some new guy. We find out an hour before the match that some guy who's not even trained with the team is going to be playing at centre half. Uh, so, I think a lot of us thought we were going to get smashed by Derby. But um, we actually played really well. Um, I was really impressed with a lot of players like Dean Moxie, for example, who I've slagged off a lot of times on here. Um, <laughs> but he actually played really well. Um, oh, def- defensively, anyway, I thought he played really well. I thought Wilson had a great debut. And then Prince, I know Chris has written an article today about Prince, but he had a great debut. He was, I thought he was immense at the back. He was really solid. Mm. Um, and then we should have won it as well. Like, Medine hit the bar twice, Heskey at the post. So, yeah. And Heskey came was... on, and he looked like, he looked about oh, he too looked, slow and lighter. Good, he? Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he skinned, really that, that run where he skinned three players. And yeah. And he said at Medine, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Heskey of 10 years ago. Um, yeah, to th- to think some people didn't want us to sign Heskey on again is absolutely stupidity. I mean, like, I'm not. <laughs> I if we use Heskey rightly this season, yeah. rightly, and he's not having to play, if he's not having to start so many games, he could be a real asset coming off the bench as he showed against Derby. You know, one of the Definitely. best defenders in the league because defenders just shit themselves from him like instantly. It's yeah. amazing. But so Tom, man, how did you see the game as well? You did go, didn't you? Of course you did. I did. I know this. Uh, yeah, you do know. Yeah, I did go. Um, I've been probably just as, if not more, pessimistic than you. Oh, um, yeah, you've been quite quite negative. <laughs> yeah, I just I've had a really bad feeling about the season um, all all the way through it. I mean, in fairness, I've I've, I've watched more of the development squad in pre season than, than the first team squad. Um, but but on the way to the game, um, I turned to to my dad in the car and said, if if we're gonna get anything. We need to be on top of our game, and Derby need to have a nightmare, and and both of those things happened, and yeah. and and you know as well as I mean I don't want to be negative about it because it was a really good defensive performance, but we 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 have to note as well that that Derby just weren't at the races 
and if we had if we had a goal scorer, then it's mm. or or a smaller crossbar, <laughs> um, it'd have been a different story. Yeah, I, I was having this debate quite a lot with the one of the one of the lads who I went to the game with, and he was saying like we did do well, but Derby weren't good at all. But then it's the debate of did we make them shit or were they just shit? Like cause Lennon, he obviously went in to try and bottle them up and really congest the middle. That's why mm-hmm. Ince just did. I think Spearing did such a good job on Ince. Yeah. Ince was just yeah. appalling. Just and like, you can't. You can imagine Spearing the job he did on him. Like, and it's excusable to why Ince didn't play that well on the pitch. But five million pounds on a player who can't beat the first man <laughs> on at least five corners is an absolute joke. And Ince just his head had gone straight away. He was yeah. mourning every time he lost the ball. Yeah. And we, we, Spearing really rattled him. I thought. And you know, Rob, you were saying then how so many players impressed you, and I agree with all of them. Spearing, I did not expect that at all. Yeah. I, I knew he, I, I had a good feeling he'd start the game because just that defense, that bit more, dif- bit more steel in midfield. Over, well, I, if Vela was going to start, I thought Vela would start at right back since Wilson's a bit, you know, behind the pace in terms of pre-season and whatnot. But I, I would never expect Spearing to be that good because it was the Spearing of the, the, the long spell just. Being the leader without having the armband on and leading with what he, you know, leading with his actions instead of just pointing and telling other people to do it, and it was just really refreshing to see. Obviously, yeah. we may as well get into the talking point of, of which there are many from this game. That Spearing did get sent off towards the end, and had he stayed, I think we could have gone on to nick the game personally because we had so much momentum mm. because of him, especially and that that run he made into the box. I, Jesus, I didn't know what was going on, but he then did he take a dive, Tom? Did he did he stump, did he dive or did he fall? Uh, it was a fall that turned into a dive. I think. Mm. I, I mean, I, my initial reaction when I watched it was that he dived. I mean, everyone around me thought differently. My initial reaction was that that he dived. I think he, looking at it two or three times uh, on the TV last night, it looks as if he's lost his footing. Yeah. And then, and then halfway down, to me, he's decided, let's see if we can get anything from this. Yeah. I mean, Keo's Keo's reaction initially said a lot because Keo was straight in his face, uh, mm. ranting and raving. And to be honest, I think Keo did a lot to get to get that second yellow for for Jay Spearing. I think without think? without his reaction initially, um, the referee might have been persuaded to uh, to just to just carry on. Yeah. Um, it seemed like he changed his mind. After, I mean, they had a they had a quick word, Keon yeah, Spearing, and, and he seemed to change his mind. But I think that initial reaction to get in his face uh, might have might have persuaded the referee to to bring a second yellow out. But I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, he died. See, I'm I'm still of two minds. I think it's interesting what you say of Keon's reaction being the reason he gave him. I think the fat all the Bolton fans had a good effects in it as well because we all claimed for a penalty even though I could tell from wherever I was sat that it wasn't a penalty he hadn't been touched he either fell or he died but because we all claimed for it because why wouldn't you it feels like mm. the referee may have been influenced that way because Spearing didn't he fell over he either he's a really good actor and knew he died and didn't want to claim for it or he genuinely didn't die because he never claimed for it and as you say Keogh came up Keogh came storming over and said something in his ear but Spearing immediately shook his head as saying because you know, he didn't even claim for his beer, he just lay, shake, lay on his belly because you know he'd gotten through and the ball had gotten away from him or he tripped over his own feet. And where say when the referee came over, him and Scott Carson, Keogh and Scott Carson were both shaking their heads at the ref and telling him that he hadn't dived. But I think the, the Derby players that were a bit further away had a big influence as well because Shackle was screaming saying it was a dive. And I think Warnock and maybe Fauna as well. So I think other players did have a big time in it. But to me, 
after seeing the replay a few times, I do think he's. I think he's just stumbled because if I give, I'm going to give Spain the credit of being an intelligent person and thinking he's already on a booking. He's going through on goal. Why would he dive? And I'm, I'm going to give him the credit. But Rob, what do you think? Do you think he dived or? I don't think it's a dive. I think his reaction. He looked really gutted that he missed an opportunity to score. Yeah. And he, his, Neil Lennon was on the radio last night saying he's through on goal. Why would he dive? Exactly. Um, and that's exactly the point. I don't think he did dive. Um, but I think, I think coming on to another point, I think the ref was an absolute joke yesterday. Oh, he was. He, he was, was awful. There's a few times we just gave such weird decisions. There's one when Zach Clough ran through. Mm. That's the only time that Zach Clough got any space or match. I think he ran through, and one of their guys took him out from behind, and he didn't give anything. But then yeah. they they booted it upfield, and one of their guys ran past. I think it was Dan's, and Dan's kind of like clipped him a little bit. But then he gave a free kick for exactly the same thing. You're like, yeah, such bad decisions yesterday. And he missed. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, what's their striker called? Chris Martin. Yeah. Elbowed um, Prince in the in the throat. Oh, um, is that when he went down for a bit? Yeah. yeah. He turned around, elbowed yeah. in the throat, and the ref completely missed it. So you're like, <sighs> Martin should have been sent off. But yeah, he was, was a terrible ref it's... generally. Yeah, I think you just you just get used to it in this division, you do, though, don't yeah. you? I mean, the, yeah. I can't remember the last time I watched a match in this division and, and thought that the referee had a had an all round decent game. Yeah, yeah. I just he seemed like he seemed new. He seemed quite young as well. He looked like a bloody Mark uh, Matt Clattenburg wannabe. <laughs> yeah. There was like you said, there was one of them. There was a rugby tackle on one of our players. Yeah, oh, we did a rugby tackle on one of theirs, and they got a free kick right. So. But then they did it on one of our players and we didn't get one. It's just mm. like really inconsistent referee and just really infuriating. Yeah. Just, but, you know, just like, like Tom said, you've got to get used to it because that's what they're all like, really. But speaking of Spain in the midfield, it was quite, you know, it was quite a contentious one in when the teams were first announced and Vela and Mark Davis weren't in the starting 11. Now, I think, no, when I said Vela, but I think Davis was the one I predicted wouldn't be in the side. I thought Vela would still be because I thought Vela would be in other dance, but... What do you think about Spearing and Dan's getting the place ahead of them? Obviously, obviously Spearing has you know has proven why he was putting the team, whereas Dan's obviously a bit more less so. So what do you think? So what do you think, Tom? When what was your initial reaction to the starting lineup, and what do you think now after the games? You know, after we got a good point. Uh, my initial reaction was, I mean, I'm used to seeing Mark Davis's name on the bench because yeah. he's, he's either coming back from injury or he's he's just gone through 60 minutes or a full game. Um, I mean, Vela was the one that stood out for me. But looking back on it now, if we were going to go toe-to-toe with Derby and, and say, right, it's basically whoever scores the most goals is going to win this. But maybe a bit like the Watford game last season. Then you start Vela and Mark Davis, and you think, right, we're going to have a go at them and, and see if we can get the first goal. But and I'm and I'm trying to make this uh, a positive indictment of of Lennon, but he set out in quite a defensive oh, yeah. manner um, and starting Dan's and Spearing in a narrow midfield gave you, you you pretty boys like Will Hughes and Tom Ince no time, no space whatsoever, and it worked. Uh, and and to be honest, it was a case of right. Plan A was out of the window for for Derby. What else have you got? And and they didn't really have anything no. after that. They had they didn't. one chance when Russell hit the bar for the first half. It was a lovely move, but apart from that, nothing. Mm. Like I say, I think the only midfield player for Derby, you know, for a player that wasn't a defender who impressed me from Derby was George Farm because he just completely nullified Clough. And and we've got yeah. to. Oh, that'll be another talking point at some point, but we've got to give Clough time. He's only coming back and everything like that. But with Vela and Davis, I think I think Lennon was just I. 
I completely understand his decision to start Spearing and Dan's initially, but I think I think he may have bottled it a little bit in the later stages. I think if he had brought Davis on when we had that momentum and we were going for it, I think we would have won. Because whilst I, no, I'll defend Feeney quite a lot more than most people, he just can't do much on the ball. And when he was in that you know that position behind the strikers, when he received the ball, he couldn't do anything with it. And he got it and he'd just lose it. Whereas if we had Davis there, he'd have been able to run with it and get us forward. So I wish, I wish he had a taken the ball by the horn, so to speak, and brought on some more attacking subs when we did have the forward momentum instead of, you know, Liam Trotter and nearly, like, uh, fucked the whole thing up, which would have been quite, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have endeared himself to the fans much more, would it? But as we were speaking about Clough then, um, sorry, Rob, did I ask you about your thoughts on Vela and Davis? Sorry, I put it losing count. Go on, what were your thoughts on them not starting? I wonder if both of them just aren't match fit. Um, <clears throat> I can see mm. why he played Spearing and Dan's just for a bit more protection, but I wonder how much fit Vela is, and he just didn't want to risk him against Derby. Mm. Um, and same with Davis, really. I think he 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 put Spearing and Dan's in to nullify them, and it worked. So definitely, yeah. Um, but I thought Dan's did all right in patches, though. I think um, he, he, we need to get yeah, him in. He just he got the balls under his feet. Yeah, exactly. He gives the ball away far too often. That's the problem yeah, with Dan. Does, yeah. And we need someone in there like Davis who's going to keep the ball. But I thought he did okay, like he had a couple of runs, um, and then he, I think it was him, Bearing and Clough that were involved in a build-up that ended up in a Spearing shot. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought Dan did all right, but... He did, it was his ball that set it. up, yeah, I think it might, Hesky's Hesky, header yeah. as well. That was it, yeah. yeah. So he, he did all right, but I think he just got the ball stuck under his feet too much, and mm. and obviously he did the same old party trick of standing on it for too long and losing it in the middle of the yeah. park and all that stuff. He is much better when he's not got the ball. Um, I know that sounds <laughs> it sounds it sounds strange to say that about a midfielder, but he gives you so much more when yeah, when, the, when the opposition are in possession than he does with his with his foot on the ball. Mm, very energetic, and I think that's why he got the nod just for that energy in the midfield and the experience. Of course, that was a very much Patley's game as against Derby as well because he didn't have much of the ball, but no. the amount of the amount of just effort he put in off the ball just. You can tell why he's been captain, but speaking of match fitness and whatnot, so Clough only lasted 73 minutes and he didn't have much at all, did he? he no. Like you said, he had one moment and like I said, we've got to be careful in our fans not to get on his back at all. And we didn't. We, he got a standing ovation coming off the pitch even though he, he did nothing. So are you concerned at all? I just think it's expected at this stage because he is just coming back from injury. He's got to adapt to being a man, man, man and all that type of stuff. What do you think, Rob? I think... He did all right when he got space. He just got marked out of it by, I think you said it was George Thorne, I think it Thorne. was, yeah. yeah. They did a man-marking job on him, which is, he's got to learn to uh, expect that, really. But I think if we're going to get the best out of Clough, we need to play him in a position where he's going to be able to get space. And I don't think playing yeah. behind two strikers is that position. Um, um, yeah. I think we need to play him up front with Medine, um, and he can just run in behind Medine and get the, get the flick-ons. Um Rather than having Feeney up there, because I mean Feeney played all right yesterday, but when he got the ball, he didn't look confident, and he's not a striker, so he needs to be out on the wing, and he he's better when he's got the ball out wide, I think. So I think we shift Clough up front. I think he'll mm. he'll find more space, and he'll be able to play a little bit better. But yeah, but he, he showed he showed patches yesterday where he did get the ball of what mm, he can he do. But I think I think you're right. I think against lesser teams, I think he set like this, he set up defensively and more. He put his tried and tested. Mm. He knows we're going to get give him hundred percent out there. 
I think against lesser teams, he's going to put Clough up front with Medine yeah. with Matt Davis in behind as well because that really could work if yeah. you know, if they do all stay fit. So, Tom, same question to you. Are you at all concerned with Clough's performance? I'm not. I'm not necessarily concerned with his performance. Um, I completely agree with Rob. I think a player like Clough would love to have someone like Gary Medine up there creating space and chances for him. But the, the concern is that Derby County are one of the few teams that might be coming to the Reebok and trying to play their own game because they, they should be going home and away to win every game. And they oh, yeah. they signalled Clough out. Um, and that early run in the second half, we found a little bit of space. He was surrounded by Thorne, Shackle, and I think it was Ryan Shotton. Mm. There, there was three round him. It was a foul, but they, they suffocated him. And if Derby are going to do that, then I think we're going to have to expect... Every team to be to be marking Clough out yeah. as the one to, to keep out of the game, and that's going to be a lot of pressure on him this year. I mean, the difference between this season and last is he's no longer an unknown entity. Teams are going to be seeing his name on the name on the team sheet and, and trying to mark him out of the game. And I think Derby did a really good job of that. Mm. I would say I don't think many players will, you know, players of lesser teams will be able to do it to the effect George Farm did because he's a very good player for him. He's still only about Clough's age as well. But you are right. I think. I think another remedy of that is like what Rob said. I think if you move him up front where Medine is dragging players with him, it does create space. But not only that, it's like it's harder to. Ma- this might sound a bit stupid, but it's harder to man mark a man who's up front than in who's playing in midfield, like the you know, attacking midfield. Because if you're playing in attacking midfield, you've got your defensive midfielder who can just sit on him like we did with Spear and Ince. But if you're up front, it's harder to dedicate your centre back to man marking one man because yeah. if Clough. Let's say your left-hand centre-back is marking Clough and Clough goes on to the right-hand side. You can't drag your centre-back out because that just leaves a massive hole. So I do think in the long run, Clough needs to be playing up front, especially with our lack of strikers. Medina almost attracts two defenders on his own, doesn't he? So yeah. if he's going to be going for the ball, he's going to have two defenders going towards him and Clough's going to be able to get in behind and um, yeah. win the second ball. But Exactly. Mm. I think, yeah. But Medina, obviously, we should... Give a bit of credit to Medine because he was fantastic. His headers that hit the both hit the crossbar, they're so good. Because what always like, I think from both of them, and I think he had one in the first half as well that he managed to get away and brought a save out of uh, Carson, is that the, the ball always seems to be behind him and he's stretching and putting so much power into them. And it's so unfortunate for him that he didn't go in. But what did you, what did you think of his performance, Tom? I, I, was re- I was really impressed. There was, not, there was nothing that surprised me about his performance, I think. What 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 he gave us was a, was exactly what I was expecting. Um, I was much happier when when Heskey came up front with him because he was getting the ball at his feet much more, mm. and because we had the option of going long to Medine or to Heskey. But he's just he's just crying out for for a natural striker up there with him. Uh, I mean, just the very thought of Adam Lafondre playing <laughs> alongside Medine is is enough to get uh, sentimental about because. I mean, he'd he'd really benefit from having from having a little man alongside him who can get in behind. But yeah, yeah I, was, I was really impressed. Um, and to be honest, you know, Keo is one of the bigger, yeah. mean, meaner centre halves in the in the division, and um, and he dealt with him. He did, yeah. And I think Shackle is the best centre back in the division, and he did quite well against him too. Uh, but I think I think my only my only fault with Medine's performance really was that with his. It wasn't exactly his fault because he was quite isolated at times, but his link-up play, like with the ball at his feet, wasn't quite as good as it has been in pre-season. 
I think we lo- whilst he won the ball a lot, nothing ever came from it, which again is more to the fault of no one being near him. But yeah, like I said I'm very promising. If, obviously, it's always quite naive and dubious to praise a player so much in pre-season, but he's carried on those performances already, and I think he's going to be like a, the new talisman for us because it's. I've seen a lot of tweets on you know, on Twitter, where else, saying how it was just good to see us bully a team again. And whilst Vaughan did that to Clough, Medine, Heskey and all the defenders really did, were really powerful and strong in the air. And I've not seen a, that much of a physical Bolton performance for quite a while. And you can see all the Derby fans fucking crying after the match on Twitter, saying we were kicking them off the pitch, which was, you know, a load of bollocks like. But it was good. I, I think we should talk about the defence as well, because Prince, they see a... Guano, as Rob was saying before, what what a performance for a twenty-one-year-old in a new club, a new country, a new team. He's been with for a day. What did what do you think of that as well, Tom? I, I can't remember a better debut in in recent memory. I mean, the the first thing he had to deal with was a foot race against uh, Johnny Russell. Uh, oh, sorry, Chris Martin, um, and he, he was actually a yard behind Martin when they both set off, and he managed to catch him up. Uh, muscle him off the ball uh, and win the goal kick and then everything that came to him in the air he dealt with as well uh, and for someone who'd been in the country a day and a half it was it was really good really good stuff and I think we've we've got ourselves a decent centre half there yeah I agree same, same to you Rob and you, if you want to talk about Medine as well since I've cruelly ignored you once more <laughs> by all means go for it but yeah what are yeah. your thoughts on Prince? I thought Prince was immense I think I don't even know if you can speak English or not but He's definitely never trained with a team, so to put that performance in was just amazing. I thought he won every ball. I don't remember anyone getting past him. And then the one that stands out was that last in the last minute when Trotter yeah. gave the ball away and they're clean through on goal. I think Martin's shot was it, and Prince just dived in the way he blocked it. I was just like, wow, this guy's quality. I think yeah. he's going to be a quality player. But um, yeah, I was so impressed. But my only reservation about yesterday... Yeah. was we were too reliant on just booting it up at Medine. Um, mm. I don't know if that's going to change in different matches or we just kind of dropped, we just fell into that. But um, we need to be careful if we're just going to have David and Prince booting it out of midf- defence at Medine and then we're just handing the ball straight back to Derby. Um, yeah. But on Medine, he was absolutely amazing. It was like, I think I wrote in my match report today, he was like watching Kevin Davis again, just bullying <laughs> defenders and he could have scored two goals. And he's that thing that... Um, like Alan Shearer used to do when he hangs in the air and no one can get near him and he wins the header. He was like that yesterday. He was quality. Um, so impressed. Who would have thought when we signed Gary Medine the words that he would have been mentioned in the same names as Kevin Davis and Alan Shearer? Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. But yeah, I think I think a player, I agree for well with Prince as well, but I think a player who's, because of the plaudits of Medine, Moxie and Prince, a player who's gone quite underrated for his performance was Devete actually. Now, he started last season off, apart from his debut, really well. I thought he was quality, but he went off the boil massively, as did a lot of the players after the Liverpool game. But I thought his series back to his best. He was like, he, I don't think he was the oldest player in that defence, but he, he seemed like the, the most mature, or not mature, the most, just the most level-headed, the most... I don't know, he, just, he just felt like a leader at the back, and I did never expect that from defeat. I mean, nearly had one shank where he nearly gave away a penalty on Russell. But apart from that, I thought he was back to his best, and... The whole defensive line were brilliant. I thought, I thought Prince, I said, for only being there a day, 
his the way he worked with Moxit, constantly covering each other when one went out, mm. and the way they seem to have a really good understanding with Devitt as well. I think it's given a real selection headache for Lennon in defence now, and we'll come on to that in section three, but in more detail because we have some to think we have Reem, Derek, Wheater all out for that game. To think we could have Francesco Pisano coming in if that mm. doesn't happen, and then the other players we had injured to think we didn't have a thick cloth. Clayton's out, Walker's out, Ream, well, they're all out, and we've got so many players to come back into that squad. And if if we can play like that every week, then you know, I'm I was as I was applauding that match at the end, I was like, this this could be a good season, and I've not thought that for quite a while. So, <laughs> if there's any more closing thoughts for the, I match, thought Laurie Wilson played really well yesterday, actually, as well. I thought, yeah, he started off a bit nervously, which is fair mm. enough, but he's only been with the team for what two, three weeks. Yeah, not long. And yeah, he I thought he played really well. He got into it, he got forward on the right as well and got some good <clears> crosses <throat> in. Like he put the cross in for Medine's first header. Medine's first header, yeah. So yeah, that was promising too. It's been a while since we had a decent right back. So yeah, yeah that was he's good got, to see too. He's got a great set of long time, I have to say that much, because he was up and down that line yeah. Yeah. all game. I thought, like I said, he was a bit shaky at first. And he looks, I don't know what it is, he looks like he could, there's something about him, it's probably his hair, that makes it look like he's got like a, Shanks clearance in him or a, you know, <laughs> or an goal or a header that goes into his own net or something. But yeah, I'm quite quite reassured by that first performance. Any closing thoughts, Tom? Any more, anything else you want to add? Uh, want to add to the Dorian Devitt loving? Oh, um, good. I mean, it just goes to show that I know nothing about football because <laughs> I've sat on the pod and said that he needs a leader alongside him, and it, it, he led the defence. I mean, we've got two debutants in there. We've got. Dean Moxie, who I've written off more than multiple times, and then Davit, who you certainly wouldn't have as your first choice centre half, um, and they looked so organised from the first minute, and, and Davit led it. Um, so yeah, it just goes to show that I know nothing about football. But there you go. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to say organised. I think there's Chris Bradish who will probably appear on the pod later in the question, but as always said that in this league you only need an organised defence and a 15 plus goal get a striker and you can get top 10 if not higher so I think we've not when was the last time we had an organised defence Allardyce <laughs> yeah exactly or maybe the early Kale days but apart from that and with the amount of defenders we have in now this, it could be the start of it yeah. so let's hope so but I think we've I think we've covered that game the opening game pretty comprehensively so with that we'll bring the first segment to an end and we'll be coming back pretty shortly with the previews of both Burton and Burton matches so stay where you are Hello everyone and welcome back to The Love Pod episode 22 I didn't say that in my intro um, I'm, a, I'm not very good at this hosting malarkey but I'm still me and I'm still here with Rob and Tom and now we're going to talk about firstly the Burton Albion match on Tuesday because the football is already coming thick and fast and we've got, you know, four games in, well, five games in two weeks, is it, pretty much, basically? Yeah, we'll go with that. So, the Burton game on Tuesday, lads, uh, well, firstly, if any of you go in, uh, Rob, I take you not making the trip up for this one. Uh, I think I'll give that a miss, actually, on Tuesday night, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, uh, Tom, will you be there? No, I will be um, on the Emerald Isle, hopefully drinking Guinness. Oh, <laughs> I... I can't, can't knock that then. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> so, so basically, lads, um, what what team would you like to see be better? And obviously, the League One side, they just came up from League Two, won on their first day back in League One against a 
pretty decent scrum for that team. We've spent a lot of money. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as manager, some decent players, but they may be looking to rotate as well. So what team would you like to see? Would you like us to stay strong, get get the momentum growing, or would you like to some youngsters in? So, Rob, what, what do you think? I'd like to see maybe a few youngsters in there. Um, obviously, Spearing's out, so someone's going to have to come in with the field. Um, I'd like to see Vela and Davis get a start, just to give them a bit of match fitness. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think I'd give Clough a rest, just to let him have another week, go back to match fitness. Um yeah, maybe some youngsters if they're available. Someone like Kane. I'd like to see Kane Woodray have a run out. Maybe yeah, off Medine. Um, give Medine like sixty minutes and then put Heskey on for the last half hour. And then, I mean, we don't have much choice, do we, in defence? So I think it depends on who's available. But um, yeah, pretty much. I think the main thing's um, giving Vela and Davis a game and get them get them sharp. Mm, same to you, Tom. Tom, what do you think? What would you like to see us do? Uh, well, the trip to Anfield last season just goes to show that you don't have to get to a final or a semi-final to to have a decent cup run. I mean, that was probably yeah. the, the highlight of the season, and, and I want I want that. I want us to be to be taking on Premier League teams, and and it starts with with your Burtons at home, and they're no mugs. I mean, even before Hasselbank came in, they were playing some, some good stuff under Gary Rowett. Yeah, yeah. so. Changes might be needed because we've got a big game at the weekend, but I don't want too much. Um, I'd like, like you said, I'd like to see Woolery get a chance because he scored plenty of goals in pre-season. Um, it'd be nice to see Vela get ninety minutes, maybe give Mark Davis an hour. Yeah, I mean we haven't got the biggest of squads at the minute, so maybe one or two changes. But I don't want to see a, a, a second string go out. But I don't, I don't think Lennon will do that either. To be honest, mm. I, I am caught up in two minds personally. Not that they t- I want us to go through. A re- like I agree with you. I want us to get a good cup tie in because the Chelsea and Liverpool matches were two of the highlights of last season. But I'm caught between two minds on who we start. I think I, I understand the points of playing Matt Davis and playing Vela and playing Clough and whatnot. But say and Medine and Heskey, but at the same breath, I don't want us to risk them in a game that if we did lose or if we did go out, quintessentially wouldn't matter that much in the grand team of things. I don't really want to risk them. Because if Matt Davis gets injured again against Burton, of all the teams, I'd be quite, quite annoyed. So maybe give him a half, give him some match sharpness and whatnot, but I wouldn't go too risky. But I think, for me, I'd like to see Fitzsimmons starting net. Even though I think he'll still go with Amos just so he can get more minutes in, I would like to see Fitzsimmons given a chance because he's looked all right in pre-season. I think Wilson, start again, because even though he's our only right back at the minute, he needs to get just a bit more match sharpness. I think I think I'll give Rob Holding a go in centre back because he was on he made the bench on Saturday and he's been he was looking you remember the Coles game Tom he looked quite impressive there didn't he Yeah he was he was probably our, our best player Yeah um, I agree Is he is he is he naturally a centre half or well, is I he don't a know right-back? I always thought he was a right back but he's partly he came on at centre back against Charlton didn't he when uh, Derek went off injured yeah. So I either way I'd I'd like to see him give a go. I've not Quay Taylor. I've not Alex Finney. Even any of them, I've get getting a chance in there would be fine by me. Yeah. And I think I think I'd play Prince again just so we can get Matt Sharpness up. And then if he's back, I'd definitely play Ream at left back because again, I don't really want to risk Moxie because if he is having a left back, and if Ream's back, was it a calf strain that ended up being something with Ream? So something that shouldn't be that bad. Give you know, hopefully he gets back in and just gets his fitness up because. We do, you know, he's one of our most experienced players and most consistent. But then midfield, Trotter will probably play. Because <laughs> for some reason, Liam Lennon does seem to like him. 
He's awful. Needs, Even try. I know, but God knows he needs some minutes in. <laughs> can I make can I make an impassioned defence of Liam Trotter? You can, because I'm for it. I'm off yeah. two minds of him, but go on, go for it. Um, Trotter is always the first out. If we if we've lost the game or we've had a cup, we've had a bad performance, he's always the first to be dropped to the bench or or yeah. out of the squad completely. And we have never seen Liam Trotter be given a full run in the team. Oh. And he's gone from being captain of Millwall yeah. to, to coming in for, for half an hour. Now, don't get me wrong, he nearly lost us the game on Saturday. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, his confidence is it just yes. shot, it's just shot at. And what, what what he needs, whether it's here or whether it's on loan somewhere else, he needs a run in the team, he needs to be playing football because he's coming in, not having a good game, his confidence is, is pretty mm. low, and then, he's, and then he's dropped again. So... The thing is with him, he's always injured though. Whenever he has got yeah. a run, he's always picked up a niggly injury. He's never been able to. The only time he's had a good run in the side was at the, the end of his loan spell when he, before he first joined. And he did play well then. He scored that amazing goal against Sheffield Wednesday. He yeah. just, he needs more. He does, and I think that's why I wanted to play against Burton. And he, he needs to get 90 minutes under his belt because I don't think he's, since he signed for us permanently, I don't think he's played 90 minutes. But I do rate him because... Like you said, he was a captain of Millwall. He played well in it. He played really well for Millwall. I remember watching a Millwall and West Ham derby, and he scored the opening goal in two minutes or something like that. It was a really good finish. And I do think there is a player in there, but with the amount of midfielders we have right now, if he's not performing, then someone else has got to come in for him. But yeah, I do hope he plays. I got Vel- I do probably Vela should get some minutes. I think Dobby Dobby will play a lot. He's yeah. you know come in, he'll probably start on the left of the diamond. Then Matt Davis for a bit, yeah. Then Woolery, then probably Medine because we have no one else. But I'd rather not risk Medine considering we have no one else. But what, what are you going to do, really? Big meal. Yeah, but again, <laughs> I don't want him playing ninety minutes. Cause kind of play ninety <laughs> minutes. Yeah, just don't want him playing from the start because he just he, like you said, he looked mean and ready to bloody score a goal when he came on, and yeah. I'm not. He looked really good, but. We don't want him getting a bloody hamstring injury first game back at season because he can't, he just can't do it anymore because you know he's thirty seven, thirty eight. But any any other players you want Maxi get a few minutes in? I can't really think of anyone. <laughs> Our squad's quite small. Yeah, um, not for me, no. Anyone else, Tom? No, I mean like you said, in terms of the young ones holding, uh, Alex Finney looks like he's he's going to develop into a decent player. Uh, Woolery. But apart from that, there's only two or three young players that, that look ready to come through. This maybe Tom Walker. Yeah, I was going to say where's Tom Walker at the moment. Oh, he's injured at the moment. Yeah, if yeah. he's because it was only meant to be a ten day thing. He's been out for three weeks or so now. So hopefully, yeah, if he's back, getting him some minutes in will be quite good. Because again, Walker is a player I rate. I think he was burdened a lot last season by having to play left wing back and mm. not having a good well. If he had Reen behind him, he was alright. But if he's playing left wing back, he's not wing back. I think. He's one of the only play, players in our squad who can consistently get a good cross in. So, yeah, hopefully he gets some minutes in. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anyone else. What do you think? What do you think score-wise? What do you, what's your prediction for the game, Tom? Uh, let's go 2-0 Bolton. Rob? Uh, 3-0 Bolton. I think we'll either scrape it 1-0 or 2-1 because I do think Burton are a good side and they'll come to... They'll probably take a bring a decent crowd I think and they'll come to win it because like I think it was uh, they, didn't they play United in the cup a few years ago oh, yeah. and that's basically yeah. so I hear that match paid off 
their new stadium completely and that's why they're going so well now because they're not having to pay that off so it means a lot to them getting into you know going far in competitions but anyway after that we've got the small matter of having to play you know the second favourites for the title this season in Middlesbrough who didn't have that much like Dab didn't have that much impressive start against Preston North End today I think so did any of you catch that game at all? Yeah it was shocking yeah it was shocking I think I don't know, I got Middlesbrough didn't look at the races at all. I, mean, I think they had one chance with Ledbetter in the first half, but apart from that, they had nothing. I think, I think well, they've signed that Stuani, haven't they, from Espanyol, I think it is, who's meant to be quite decent, but with Kike up front, I don't think they've got a decent enough striker for the promotion. Obviously, Downing made his debut and didn't, didn't really do much, but where do you think we can do against them, I think? I think Spearing will be back for that game, so I think if I personally I think if Spearing can do a job on Downing like he did to Wins, I think we'll be alright to be honest with you. And if Moxie can keep Adoma quiet like he kept Russell quiet, I think we could do alright. So what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I think we've got a chance against Millsborough actually. I'm not convinced that they're that good a team. I think they're, I. they're quite a defensive team, aren't they? Like last year they didn't concede many, they didn't score many. Yeah. Uh, now they've sold Tomlin. They haven't replaced him. Um this Giovanni guy who's played for Uruguay, but I think he's probably getting on a bit, I imagine. Yeah, if we keep dining quiet, then I don't really see any creativity in their midfield. So, mm. yeah, I think we've, if we can shut them down, do another job on them, um, get some balls into Medine and have Clough running off him, then I mm. think we can cause some problems. To be honest with you, I think the sale of Tomlin isn't going to be as bad as people of Middlesbrough fans, people who aren't Middlesbrough fans are making out. I don't mm. think... I think he's quite overrated, to be honest with you. And I think with Downing, and they brought in Diego Fabrini as well from Watford, who's been, you know, he's improved a lot in the last one. I think they are okay with that aspect, but they're not they're not like Derby, who are more more dynamic and interchangeable side. Because if you watch their front three on Saturday, they were constantly moving around, even though it came to no avail. They seem to be a much more sturdy team, as you said, defensive, and will yeah. stay in their positions and go like that. I think our, the real threat's going to be on the wings from them with. Adoma and Carriol, like I think it's going to be up to Lennon again to try and make them a narrow side. But like I said, because Middlesbrough are a bit more expansive, it might be difficult. And whilst Moxley and Wilson were both very good, I don't think they were tested that much by proper wingers on Saturday. And it'd be a real test for them too to see if they can, you know, carry on the form they showed already. So Tom, what do you, what do you think? Of, what do you what what do you think our chances are the on Saturday? What a difference a draw makes. Oh, are you? A dull nil-nil in the first day. I think, I mean, as, as bad as Borough were uh, today, their home form last season was, was very, very good. And we're going to have to be quite quite defensive again. Uh, yeah. um, they don't concede many goals, do they? So I'm not expecting not no. expecting many goals. But, you know, now I've said that, it'll be 4-3 either way, won't it? <laughs> um, it? It'll be a tough game. Probably tougher than than the Derby game. We're going to have to set our stall out similar to, to the way we did. Um, it's a good time to it's a good time to play teams like Derby and Borough because they haven't found the feet, they haven't yeah. strung a few results together. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, if we can get, if we can finish the first half still on level terms or you never know, we might even nick a lead. Uh, a good first half and, and you never know, but they're a good team at home, aren't they? Yeah, they definitely are. Like I said, one of the best home records in the league, but, um, I think what they're looking at the minute, they've not, because obviously they've brought in Stuani, but they haven't really replaced Banford yet. Like he is, mm. like I don't really know much about Stuani, but he doesn't strike me as a player whose pace 
of Bamford and it looks like they might be lacking that. And Jelly Vossen again, like Middlesbrough fans were quite arrogantly shaking off the departure of Vossen, who was obviously signed with Burnley. But I think he'll be a big loss for him as well because he, whilst maybe he's played out of position in Middlesbrough because he's a striker and he was playing in the hole a lot last season. But I think he could be a big loss for him as well, especially. I don't really know what I'm going to say now, but I've lost my train of thought. But they need a striker, don't they? Basically, they do. And yeah, and I think they, they need by, rods. They need rods. Yeah, they're going by Jordan Rhodes this week. That we could be in trouble. Because I um, think, thanks for saving me there, by the way. I think, <laughs> I think because because they've been so caught up in this Rhodes debacle, and 14 million for Rhodes is good, but I don't think he's worth that much. No. Per- well, if you get him to the Premier League, he is. But I said that when you know when Blackburn signed him for eight million. But so I say, they've, so whilst they've been concentrating on road, so many strikers have passed them by. They could have got Lafondre and who do just as good a job. And there's so many. They should be going for like like Gary Hooper, who I'm playing for Norwich, who would mm. probably score quite a few for them. But yeah, I think so. As you were saying there, Rob, that, um, Tom, sorry, we're probably going to have to set up quite defensively again. That leads me on to my next question. Do you think what would you make any changes from the side against Derby, providing you know Brandon on a forced after the Burton game? Mm, um, if 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 Mark Davis is a hundred percent, it depends on on whether he gets any time against Burton. But maybe push Cuff further forward alongside Medine and and mm. Mark Davis in place of Feeney. Um, but in terms of the the back four and 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 the, and the, the midfielders, I don't think we can change it. Not after that performance, anyway. Yeah. I think if I was to make a change, I think I agree with. Your idea of putting Matt Davis there and moving Clough up, I think I'd take Dan's out and just put Feeney on the right side of the midfield. Maybe, yeah, I don't maybe. know. Or I'd play Vela on the right side of the midfield because he just seems like he's a, he has a bit more he has a bit more pace and a bit more direction on the ball than Dan's to be a bit more useful in that area and he still does have the energy and the you know, the bit more defensive noose as Dan's. So it'd either be you know, I'd only be one change if none of them were forced. Yeah, same question to you, Rob. I think, like you were saying, their main threat's probably going to be on the wings with Adoma and the other guy, Carriol, is it? Um, yeah, Carriol or Reach or Fabrini. Yeah, exactly. Start, so I think um, I think Wilson and Moxie, if they start if they start a fullback, they're going to need a bit more support. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Vela did come in at right wing and then they dropped someone like Dan's maybe onto the left to give them a bit of protection. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't see him changing the midfield too much. I think they need to give um, Moxie and... Uh, Wilson a bit of support and then was it Clough a bit forward further forwards like Tom said was it you Tom in your piece after the game who said something like Prattley didn't support Moxie that much because he was playing yes yeah. so do you, would yeah. you be worried then with Birmingham, with Middlesbrough's wingers of leaving Prattley there on the left again yeah I mean the, the point the point that I was, tr- I was trying to get across is that particularly in the first half Moxie in particular but Wilson as well they were almost playing Halfway between fullback and centre half, mm. um, with the idea of, of getting the, the the derby wide men and and Tomins, getting them into the middle of the park where there was there was a lot more of bodies in there. But Moxie in the first half, I mean, Prattley was constantly running from central midfield out wide, and like you said, if you're coming up against a team that that sets themselves out with with wingers, we're going to need to have a more a, a, a more permanent option. Yeah. On the wing, um, I think we got away with it in the first half against Derby. In the second half, it, the system worked better. Um, but yeah, I think we might need to to give the fullbacks a bit more protection. Could you see us maybe changing to more of a flat, a more of a flat four four two then, where they are staying in position, so maybe spearing alongside 
a Dan's or a Vela in the middle with Feeney and Prattley either wing, just so they are regimented in the positions? Yeah, maybe. Maybe two City midfielders and then three in front of them, which is probably we've played that quite a few times under Lennon, haven't we? Mm. Um, so maybe, maybe with two City midfielders and then Clough behind Nadine and, and two wider players. Yeah. So, Rob, would you change the tactics in that way at all, or would you be content leaving it as it was against Derby? Yeah, I think I would move it a little bit. I think he will. I think he'll have to. I think he'll have to play even more defensive than we were against Derby. Um, just to nullify them, really. I think, yeah, the fullbacks definitely need some more support um, than they got on the weekend because they're not. I mean, Derby's kind of played inside forward, didn't they? They're cutting inside. Like, Russell doesn't really play out wide, but there's, like, Adoma will definitely stay on the wing and run at the fullback. So. They're going to need a bit of help from someone like Vela or um, Feeney or Prattley, whoever plays in the wing. Yeah, so finally, what, what do you think the score will be on Saturday, Tom? Um, the, the positivity of yesterday's performance aside, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think that's quite 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 likely. You, you, Rob, what do you think the score will be? I think if we can defend the way we did yesterday... I think we can nick a 1-1. Yeah. I Personally, I think we'll... Like I say, I think if Spearing does a job on downing and we just get a bit more support to the full-backs and if the full-backs perform... Like, well, if all the defence perform like they did on Saturday, I think we could get another 0-0. Because I don't... Like you, like Tom, Tom said, they are very good defensive Middlesbrough and probably better than Derby at this stage. Who've, you know, Derby have had two new defenders and, and had all those injuries. Mm. So I could perhaps see... Us nicking another nil because I don't think we'll have as many chances as we did against Derby. But I think a big, big factor for us would be if they how well we do with, as in in terms of taking away fans and how much of an atmosphere they built. Because I forgot to mention this when we was talking about the Derby game, but the atmosphere was the best I've heard at the Macron in a game that hasn't been a Derby or a Liverpool match in years and I think the people over on the Facebook group are uh, putting chants in the Reebok again mm-hmm. something like that who we had on the podcast not so long ago the effort they've put in has been you know it's, it's paid dividends on that on Saturday because the atmosphere was pretty good and it was really it was, good actually yeah. When, yeah when we kicked off it was it was a lot of singing it was really loud and that's what we need at the Macron we need we need to be supporting the team and like when we got really into it at the end, it was really loud, and it hasn't yeah, been it was, like that for years. I can't. It was wonderful, like wasn't so it? It was quality, and long may that continue. Whoever's been Definitely. in the Facebook group, keep it up. So, yeah, big well done to those because our fans um, can be quite quite nervous, can't they? And they can yeah. become very very quiet very quickly. But um, yeah, credit to them. They've they've um, made the North Stand lower a, a more entertaining place to sit. And uh, yeah, I want that to continue. So well done to them. Yeah. Just, if any of you are listening, please, I beg of you to keep it up all season because there'll be there'll be worst, there'll be bigger tests than that when we're playing Tuesday nights in the drizzling rain against MK Dons or something, and we're losing one nil. But if you keep that going, I'm pretty sure the Macron will be come quite a noisy place pretty soon. But with those previews out of the way, we'll just leave that segment there. We'll be coming back very presently with the return of Guess Who, and then the question of the week. See you then. Hello everyone and welcome back to this final segment of the Love Pod. I know there's usually four segments but I could not think of another thing to talk about for 10 to 15 minutes to save my life. So we're going with three this week. My apologies. But first, before we get to the question, we'll do Guess Who. I don't think it's been on for a few weeks due to 
me being away and obviously having Mark Isles on because when we have you know, special guests. We're not going to torment them with silly little games, are we? Because what would that make us? We're professionals, God damn it. So basically, the gist of Guess Who, if you're not guessed by now, is basically... Hey, it's a good one, that. Basically, oh, what was that pun I did on the podcast once, which was so funny and made myself laugh because of it, but nobody else got it. I can't remember. It was really bad. Oh, it, it was that good, Dan, that we, we've all watched it. Oh, no, it was, really, <laughs> it was really good. Oh, I can't remember. I'm going to I'm gonna have to think of that. I'm going to have to trawl through our back catalogue and find it. <laughs> but basically, guess who? Wait for my mum to stop speaking, because even though I asked her to shut up, she never does. Basically, I'm going to read out some clues alluding to the identity of a former or present Bolton Wanderers footballer. My esteemed guests have to guess that footballer. They have three guesses to do it. They must shout their name out before they guess, or you'll lose when you give it away and don't set your name out. Liam, right. Are we all understanding the rules, gentlemen? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good. We shall begin then. I was born on the 14th of May, 1984. That's my birthday. <laughs> 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 <Seriously>. <laughs> One of our players has my birthday. What? Oh, God. <laughs> Tom. 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 Yes. Is it Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Close. Close. I am the same age. I played for Bolton Wanderers for one season. I am a former England under-21 international. I played quite a few times for them. Rob? Yes. Matthew Taylor? Incorrect. Because Matthew Taylor played for us about five years. Oh, yeah. Oh, one year. Sorry. Yes. What did you think I said? I can't remember. I forgot. Oh well, one season. I captained Bolton for quite a few of those games there as well. Tom. Yes. It's, he's got it. it yeah. Uh, it's Nigel Coker. It is. Yeah. <laughs> my birthday. Yeah, apparently he does. The rest wow. of my clues. See, I was, I was wondering that if you'd get it, you'd either get it around there or you wouldn't get it at all. But after right. that, yeah. The rest of those clips, was, I was once actually quite good, but not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> After leaving Bolton, Bolton in the summer, I remained without a club until October, when I then went on to join the Championship anyway, obviously, when he signed, well, obviously when we got relegated and he left us because he had a release clause and then no one signed him and then he, and he ended up going to Ipswich. We all remember it quite fondly. I'm now embarking on the end of career tour of the MLS, having played for three clubs in just two years. Those clubs being well, Whitecaps, Chivas, and now... Montreal, I think. Yeah, that's right, with, with Didier Drogba. Nice. And then the final clue, if you didn't get it, was I have a nice name, because Rio Coca <laughs> is a bit of a nice name. <laughs> anyway, moving on, since Rob, I mean, Tom claimed valiant victory, even though... Rob should have known a footballer who used to play for Bolton, who shares his birthday. He'll never forget that. Never no, forget wait. that. Top, <laughs> top, top. But anyway. Well, well, oh, I won't get about... Go on. I just need to have my two pennies about Rio Coker. What I don't get What I don't get about that man is he gave absolutely everything in that season to good. keep us up. He was good. And then, and then the second we had our end of season due, did, did he get... Did he get player of the... Did he won an award and did he not go up to receive it or he didn't turn up and he'd already told 
No, uh, he was at the already... because I think Mark Isles said that he interviewed him on it, and instead of in, he, he interviewed Ryoko instead of interviewing Steinson, who was also leaving that summer, and he was gutted that he'd interviewed Ryoko instead of Steinson. So he was there. He, did did he just decide, or, or did it come out on that night that he was he'd had enough and he he said he was going? Well, he had a two year contract, but in his contract was a release clause if he got relegated, and he activated it. We could have done with having that for quite a few of those players, couldn't we? Oh yes, pretty much, yeah. But it's a, I agree with you. He was he was very good, and he like I said, he captained the team when either Kale or Davis weren't playing, and he was pretty good. <laughs> and he did, he gave it all. I don't know why. He, yeah. Obviously, yeah. You know, when think, we beat when we beat Liverpool at home, he yeah. was he was unplayable. He's good, great goal as well. Like he didn't he lob a mid uh, defender and like stick it in. Yes. Anyway, he's so, a knob. So yeah. Let's... Well, I think I think we're in a slightly better position than there's not many people we can say we're in a better position than so we'll take that. But next on, <laughs> got the question of the week, and the question this week is: Given how impressive Prince was yesterday, would you play Reem, Derek, and I added Wheater alongside him when everyone's fit? So basically, who would you send the back pairing be when everyone's fit? And lads, I hope you have a think of. Question, and I'll come to you presently. Firstly, from the Facebook page was uh, a regular website commenter, White Smith, and he said, Wheat or Devite, defence will be too lightweight pairing Prince with Ream or Derek. Then Mark Yates said, keep Devite in, they seem to work really well together. And no, as we said, can't fault that. Then on to the Twitter, uh, line of Vienna writer, Matt Wood, at Matt Wood, un- well, at Matt underscore Wood, 30. I hate underscores with all of my being. Back three with all of them in would be harsh on defeat mind, and that's alluding to Prince, Reem, and Derek. So I, I think that's what I'm going to come on to later. But should we play back in the fr- back three? So keep that on the precipice of your mind as well. Another line of Vienna writer at Tom Malloy says, "Not seen enough of Derek, but Reem is better served at left back. Finally, have a good selection dilemma in defence, which you know we haven't had from them for quite a while." At the Matthew Pryor says. I think with everyone fit, Lennon goes for his five at the back with Prince, Reem and one of Devit or Derek. At J- James BWFC 22, definitely Derek. Don't trust Reem at centre-back. He's too weak. At James Dawson 59 says, think we may see Derek at right-back at some point. Not if, not if Wilson has anything to say about it. At Glenn underscore Ashworth says, I'm on a holiday, but looking at all the reports would be Derek for me. Reem is better used in different positions. As I said, as I alluded to <laughs> earlier, Chris Bradish at Chris Bradish. <laughs> I laughed as well. He's always a good one. All four fuck fullbacks. <laughs> you know, what a, what a, we are a winner. Though. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he wins every week, Chris. He's pretty good. Last week, I think he asked Mark Isles, why don't you have a beard? <laughs> Mark Carl's response was pretty funny as well. At, at Brooks, oh, fuck my life. At Brooks four seven nine four three zero. Right, come on, guys. You need you need to sort your Twitter handles out. Back four of Wilson, Derek, Prince, and Reem for the big games. Defeat on the bench. At Grandpa Ghana, Prince and Derek. Very very abrupt. At Softer Cat's mom. I'd stick to defenders who played yesterday since they kept a clean sheet and only change when it becomes necessary. And finally, at Harry17, Bullock, Prince Derek with Ream at left-back. Now, lads, so I think we'll change the question a bit for you to get more of a debate going in so we can you know, extend the segment for a little bit. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to ask you 
would you rather play a back, back five slash three or a back four? And who would your players be in those positions at wherever everyone you've got to choose? And I'm going to say, presume that we do eventually sign Francesco Pisano on a three. So assume he's a part of it as well. And what do you think we should play? I'll come to you first, Tom. With um, a back three, the most important players on the pitch are the are the wing backs. Yeah. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, and we don't have we don't have wing backs. Tom Walker um, did a good job there, considering it wasn't his position. And then we ended up with a lot of the time with Feeney at right wing back. Um, we don't we don't have wing backs, um, and although sometimes we played some good stuff with it. At the minute, we don't have the players to to play that formation, mm-hmm. um, so I'd go with a back four. Um, I also think with Prince and Pisano coming in, when Prince was given number two, I thought he was yeah. gonna he was gonna do a shift at right back. But if Pisano's coming in as well, then I'm assuming that Prince is coming in as our fourth centre half, which makes me think that QPR are going to come back for Tim Ring. Mm. Um, and maybe bringing Prince in is a preemptive strike. Um, I, think, I do think Reem will, will go. I'm going to stick with Devite alongside Prince for the minute because, first of all, it doesn't seem like Prince can speak a word of English. When the, um, I mean, in his interview, he looked, it seemed like he could, but mm. when the when the medical staff came on, they called Devite over to translate. Did you see it in the in the first? Oh moment? no, I when didn't notice that. When he went down in the first half. David came over and was was mediating between Prince and the uh, and, and the medical staff. Um, so as well as the the language barrier, um, they played really well together. And un- until one of them or both of them have a bad game, uh, you can't you can't drop them. So I think um, Wheater, Derek, I think they're going to have to be patient and wait for the chance. Yeah, and I take it Moxie and Wilson are fullbacks for now. For now, yeah. I mean, I would like Ream to be my left back, um, but like I said, I, I, I've got a bad feeling about this this QPR yeah, situation. Yeah. You know what? I can't believe I forgot about it in the agenda. So we may as well, you know, talk about it. now. Ream did in you know QPR a million bid for Tim Ream. Come to you, Rob. Oh, it's going to be quite messy. This so anyway, Ream, would you sell him for if they came in with a let's say you know they they offered us what we bought him for? Would you take it? How much are we buy him for? I think it was about two point five to three point five, somewhere like that. If they, if they go with three point five, I take it. I think um, that that would give us like seven players we could bring in. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure they will. Um, and they paid what? How much did they pay for James Perch? Was that like two, one, two million as well? Yeah, that's yeah. Wigan did quite well on that one. Yeah, he's worth a lot more than that. Um, if they gave us three and a half million, I'd take it, and then I'd play. I'm, but I'm just really nervous about playing Moxie at left back all season. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even though he played all right yesterday, I just don't trust him still. But um, I'd prefer to have Ream in there personally. Mm, so I think so it's really weird when I, cause like uh, Tom said in the questions, we've got a really loads of defenders. Like I think when we use fit, I think he's one of the best centre backs at the club. He's very good, but he mm. just never is. So it's hard to consider him. Derek, you know, we thought Derek was going to be our new star centre back, and the Prince is coming in, kind of stolen his thunder a bit because he got injured. So, <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And obviously, Reem Mox is coming and played left back against uh, Derby, and was my man of the match and was amazing. So, can Reem get a place back in when he's fit? 
it's hard to know that. I think, firstly, I don't care how much they offer us unless it's like 20 million to <laughs> not sell Tim Ream because don't give it, like Chris always uh, always uh, preaches this. He'd like not to care about the finances and stuff of a club, just enjoy it. And if we're do, going by that mantra, Tim Ream's my favourite player. I don't want him to leave my club, so fuck off QPR in <laughs> no, uncertain terms. But my defence, I don't know, I think... I think three at the back really could work with the players we brought in this year. And I know I've probably said that many times, but I think if we bring in Pisano to be the right wing back, because he's a pacey player, so I hear, of FIFA. I think it could work with him there, especially with all the experience he's got. And he's probably played three in the back at his time, playing in Italy all his career. Dean Moxie can play the left wing back role, Tom. I know, I know Walker can't, I know Feeney can't, but Moxie played against Liverpool in both games, I think. And he can do it. That's when he played well last season there, so I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him take on that role full time. Then the defence, I think with fall three, I think I think you still need a strong one in there. So I'd either be Devitt or Wheater have to be in the middle, and then either then on the right side either Derek or Prince, and then Ream on the left. And I think if Derek and Ream were either side of either Prince, Devitt or Wheater, so they say, I think the like you commented earlier, Tom, on oh, I might have been Rob. I lose count of us playing the long ball to Medine and Heskey and I think whilst Avit isn't very good at it Derek and Ream are I think it would be a lot more effective if both of them are pinning balls up to Ream as we saw up to Medine sorry as we saw was it against Oldham I think when Derek just pinged that yeah. ball over and Medine took it perfectly and slotted it in I think three at the back really could work this year if we had that as a back five and then with Prattley and Vela in front and Matt Davis behind Clough and Medine I think that's a really strong lineup, you know. And then, yeah. So, what what do you think, mm. Rob? What do you have back for be at present? We played oh at the moment, or if we yeah. put Pisano in. Uh, if we have Pisano and everyone's fit, okay. let's presume. Well, I think Pisano sounds like he's going to be a good right back, so I'd play him, and then have Wilson as a backup. Um, yeah. And then, providing Ream stays, I'd have him left back with Moxie's, um as cover. But I think you like he said about the the ball. The ball being played out of defence, you need someone who could actually pass the ball. So I'd probably play Derek alongside either Prince or David at the moment. I just don't trust Wither to stay fit, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. But I think Prince looked like a kind of really dominant defender, and mm. I think him with someone like Derek could be really useful when Derek's my, back fit. My only reservation about Prince so far after his amazing debut is that he doesn't look that good in the air. Even in the pre match drill, when they had the defence in a line doing headers, Prince wasn't very good at them then under no pressure whatsoever. And it might, you know, he could have just said it was nerves or something then, and it might just be nerves for his first game, but he just didn't look that composed in the air. He didn't look like he could get a lot of distance on a header. He had a bit of a 50p head, didn't he? So yeah, definitely. Head exactly what I, <laughs> <laughs> I think having him alongside, I think he needs to be alongside a defender who can head it, so you're weaker or you're, or you're defeat. So that's why I think, mm. but I'm, I'm really liking the options we have in defence now because <laughs> if we do bring Pisano in, then we've got cover in every position, which we've not had in mm. fucking years. And we've got different options. We've got different types of defenders. We've got your power roses and we've got your you know, players who can pass it out from the back. And another thing, it might also free up if Lennon does fancy it, and I don't know, it might fancy it might free up either playing Divi not Divi, either Ream or Derek in a more midfield position, so they can get on the ball more. Even though we do have my, a wealth of midfielders already. My my reservation would be 
having three defenders in a back four or a back five that are brand new to English football. Yeah. And also, and also if you have Derek and Prince, is that an average age of 20? Yeah. As your two centre-halves? Oh, 21 maybe. The 22 and 21 between them. French they? and Spanish as well, so they can't speak to each other and they can't speak English. Yeah. That's not going to be ideal, is it? But but I thought Prince and David looked really good. So I, I would keep, like Tom said, I keep them together until they make a They're mistake. nice. But, yeah. I don't, I'm not that's sure. I think Lennon wants to play three five two though. I think that's I do. what he wants to do. I'm not uh, sure I agree with him, but I think that's what he wants to do. But the thing is, I think he's brought in the players for it this year. Like mm. he's tried it out, in, but I think my only worry is that he never played it in pre-season as well. I thought we'd have seen it a bit more if he was, you know, if he wanted to do it. But he's brought in the players for it. I think Derek will suit it on the right side of the back three, and I think, I think Reem suits it more than anyone. I think if we did get Pisano. And obviously, Mox can do it. I think we would be all right with a back three, but it's just good to have options again. And yeah, it, providing everyone can stay injury free, I think we're all right. So, since I forgot to mention this earlier in the first segment, because you're not know, good host, me, is where else do you think we need to strengthen with with the summer coming towards an end now, Tom? Uh, the defence looks good now. Um, let's assume Pisano's a goer, and then I'd be happy with the defence. I think we need a centre forward, yeah, um, a goal scorer alongside Medine. And if he's if he's if he's going to play either either with wing backs or with wingers, I still think we need we need definitely someone on the left, one possibly two wide men. Yeah, and you, Rob? I think we need we need some pace in the team. There's no one with pace yesterday, apart from Clough, um, and he wasn't in the game. So we need someone who's got a bit of pace, ideally up front. Um, someone who can pass the ball in midfield. Um, yesterday there was nothing. There's no creativity. Someone like Bannon would be great you in the midfield. Took the words out of my mouth because I've just seen something on the Daily Mirror transfer blog saying that Palace are looking to let go of seven players, including Murray, Johnny Williams, and Barry Bannon, amongst others. I tell you something. A certain <coughs> Chungan leader even made the bench for Crystal Palace on Saturday. Yeah, so, I noticed that. He's so, ruined his career, hasn't he? Chungit. We're always open, lad. If you want to come back on a loan spell, yeah. we're all, you're always welcome. That would be magnificent. No, I, I disagree, Chungi. Don't listen to Dan. You've burnt your bridges. You've made the bed. <laughs> You've made the bed lying. Oh, man. I think, for me, personally, I think if we brought, if we brought in Pisano, we brought in this Brandon Barker, Baker, oh, we've yeah. been linked with from Manchester City, who is very highly rated from City fans. I've talked to a City fan and he said, who watches the reserves quite a lot, and he said he's the best player doing one-on-ones. He's ever seen, so that's something. And then if we bring in those two on, no, Pisano on a however long year deal and Barker on a loan, and then a striker. And I think my fear is I think the striker's not going to come until the loan window. Yeah. And then we have to pick the bones of other teams' substitute benches. But if we bring in, no, Barker, Pisano on a striker, I'll be very happy with our summer business. And I think yeah. that Barker guy is exactly what we need. He's yeah. quick, unpredictable, you can beat a player. Exactly. That's exactly what we don't have. So he he looks quality. I think we should do everything to get him in. Yeah, exactly. I think and my only worry is that it's not moved anywhere yet after yeah. some strong rumours. But if we get all those in, I'd be very happy with our business. I think we'd be on to a good season. So if there's not any other business, lads, I think that's a wrap. Anything else you want to say? No? No. 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 Smashing. So that's, that's been another Line of Year Sweet podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I, it's nice to be back. Oh, I've, I have missed it, I won't lie. But I'll tell you something, episode 20, 
that was an absolute ball late to get up and you should bloody appreciate me for getting that up. I, <laughs> oh, my days. I had to, literally had to get a train to a McDonald's at one point to get it up. That, to get use their Wi-Fi to get on the website to put it up. Oh, man, it was an absolute... Oh. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed this one. Of course, you can find us on the Twitter at Line of VNST and, of course, on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash sweet. And I've said the website, lineofvnsweet.com, where... We've, you know what? We I think we've put up in the last week, or maybe just over a week, about sixty articles, right? And if you can find any other ones that puts that much content out for you, then fair play to them because they're obviously doing a good job. But I don't think you can. And all our, I think pretty much all of our pretty much coverage of derbies out already, and we're already moving on to Burton pre, uh, not all our post match coverage of derbies already out. And we're moving on to pretty much for Burton already, so you've got to get yourself down there and have a gander. But and so, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at, at Robbie Laz. And Tom, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Down the Money Road. And you can find me at Nagoski, as always. Come and say hello. And we, I made some friends with Derby fans on Saturday night. It's quite fun. That was quite fun. So go, be, <laughs> be like them and just be really friendly and not threaten to batter me in anyway but yeah that's say goodbye Rob goodbye say goodbye Tom do I have to yeah (laughs) say goodbye to the lovely listeners bye lovely listeners that's goodbye from me see you on the flip side